Yeah, uh, it's 9pm, so let's get started with the 5th Gridcoin Community Hangout. Uh, the top voted uh, topic suggestion was by Vortac for his advertising campaign, but he says he will be in from uh, uh, 11 CEST onwards, so that's about in an hour's time, I believe. Uh, so let's just skip on to the next topic until he gets here. Just double check he's not in the channel. Yeah, he's not in. Uh, right, so that's uh, Mercosity. You're talking about uh, the potential for a uh, getting the water project to accept uh, Gridcoin. Do you want to have a wee kind of chat about this? Yeah, sure. No problem. Um, I, I was sort of trawling around the, the internet trying to think of how we could get people involved and uh, charity seemed like a really good idea considering that Boink in itself is meant to be a, um, a form of charity towards uh, the scientific community and I thought the tie-up might work uh, and I had a good look and the, the project that I came up with is the, uh, the water project. Um, I unfortunately don't have access on this computer to um, uh, the web while I'm talking so I can't transfer information over maybe yeah, I can do that for you. you can do that for me customer that would be appreciated um, if you can transfer over the the link the water project is I, I, I have a feeling it is primarily an American project um, and I thought it considering that gridcoin is most of the guys are in the um, the American continent probably would find it more interesting than anything on our side of the pond. Um, but uh, they seem to be a, a fairly well organized uh, project and they also are already um, accepting Bitcoin uh, as a donation medium. Um, so really at the end of the day, that's what my idea was. Um, I'd obviously need a bit of uh, assistance to try and um, attract their attention. Um, I think that's probably the best way to do it is attract their attention um, by email um, and or various other means. Any ideas, people, please? Sorry, I was just typing out the, uh, the address there, which I've misspelled, but that's the page for donating Bitcoin. Um, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it it um, it was not uh, a little bit clear to me what we want from them. I mean, do we want, for example, that they have also a donate button for Gridcoin or something else? You know, well, carry Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, my my idea was they they're already uh, getting donations via Bitcoin. Um, so my idea was to uh, get them to take donations via Gridcoin as well, um, considering it is also, in essence, a cryptocurrency. Uh, looking at their web page where you can donate Bitcoin, it's not through a payment processor. So, uh, yeah, all they would need to do is launch the client and do what they've done here, which is just provide a static wallet address. So I don't think getting... Uh, Gridcoin added there is going to be that difficult aside from just uh, establishing communication in the first place. It's definitely worth going ahead with. Uh, yeah. 
If you sent off an email, yeah, or is this just an idea at the moment? No, it's still just an idea. I've put a little bit of uh, stuff on paper, but, um, well, digitally anyway. Um, and um, I can obviously share that with anyone who wants to come and give me a hand. <clears throat> I mean, if there are no ideas, uh, we can... We can uh, let, let me finish. We can use monetary incentive. You know, we could say if um, because we could see how much they get donated. And then, for example, we could say we we give the same amount from grid coins they receive for two months or something. It's also a PR for us because we donate to them and they are motivated to get donations. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And that's that's this the way I uh, thought we should we should go. But I mean, I think it's it's really primarily the reason I've taken a project like this, which is fairly high profile, is that there are many charitable organizations that we should seek to partnership with. And that means even from uh, local charities within the neighborhood to uh, the large multinational NGOs um, that we see, see and hear about on, on the media an awful lot. Um, uh, at this moment in time, there is um, a, a big uh, push uh, on cancer charity uh, in Ireland. Uh, for example, um, there's um, a, um, a push that's called, they normally they call it save, save sorry, shave or die. Um, and um, they've got a bit of a push on on the radio and on different media at the moment. So I'm sure you guys see the same or see and hear the same things on the media in your areas. And it might be an idea to maybe take this as a template uh, for uh, donations or the possibility of putting GRC forward as a donation medium and then move it on towards uh, other charities and NGOs. Hey, APC here. Um, I'm wondering, uh, tying this into an ongoing uh, discussion topic is the, the creation of boink-based pools. Um, it would seem sensible to tie. It, it seems like it'd be it'd be simple to set up a pool that was based around a single project. So it would seem sensible to tie a a, a charity effort into a single project, where all the uh, the computation from that project goes to the charity. Um, I don't know how that if, if there's any projects that could be tied to this. Uh, I think in there in the World Community Grid, there is something that's uh, about clean water. It's very true. World Community Grid did have a clean water project. I'm not sure if it's currently ongoing, though. I do like the idea of, uh, you know, if we do have, like, if we do create the open source pool kit in the future, uh, it'd be really cool if there was, like, a charitable pool that you could select, uh, even if it wasn't, like, 100%. If you, you could click a button that said, I want to give 6% of my uh, earnings away to charity, you know, and then select what charities you want to give away to, that'd be quite cool. It would totally, yeah. Uh, uh, steal some funder from Charity Engine, you know? It'd be a lot simpler logistically to set up, too. Indeed. Uh, how about we create a massive list of, uh, or we'll gather a list of uh, companies that accept Bitcoin and see if we can get them to accept uh, Gridcoin as well. Sorry, not companies, I meant charities. 
because I've already, from a quick Google, I found you know a couple dozen uh, charities that accept Gridcoin. Bitcoin, yeah, awesome. Good idea. Cool. Yeah, that was the first charity I thought of. The one I posted in the chat there, that Girls Who Code. It's pretty cool. Summer camp for little girls that want to be nerds. It's awesome. That's pretty cool. Or if you type this in, sorry, go ahead. Send my nieces. Cool. If we were to tie, you know, some of these charitable things in with uh, other marketing campaigns, that could definitely, you know, uh, boost the effectiveness of a marketing effort. Well, they only need like thirty grand. Could we just like cover that? And, you know, be their main sponsor or something. At the moment, I'd probably say no, but if in the future, like say like a year down the road or something, if it was worth more than what we currently are, then yeah, we could totally justify like massive expenditures from the foundation. I was saying this to someone else, like uh, the other day in IRC, like someone was saying, why don't we just hire, you know, a team of developers or something? And the reason, you know, that we probably shouldn't do that, like, you know, hire a massive group of people, you know, and pay them through the foundation at the moment is that we would just go through the foundation funds really quickly, you know, and then we wouldn't be left with anything afterwards, you know? Yeah. Like if we... uh, if we make do with what we got, and then later on, if we're more, worth more uh, in the future, then it'll go further, you know? Totally. Yeah, with this area, <clears throat> with this area, the, 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 all of these charities require as much publicity as possible, and so do we. And a tie-in like this could be very very important to us and again it does tie up with the with, with, with the boink side and the fact that in essence um, you know creating credits uh, by boinking is is uh, in essence uh, looked at as a, a charitable uh, thing for for the scientific community and there's, there are an awful lot of things in there there's Alzheimer's there's AIDS there's the whole works I do think it definitely benefit from tying it to a, a specific project. I mean, if I'm the uh, the, the treasurer from a charity um, and somebody just approaches me to ask me to accept some particular crypto I've never heard of, um, I'd be like, "Why? We're already taking Bitcoin. Can't you just get Bitcoin?" Um, but if it's tied to a specific project, then there's there's a real banner you can fly there. Yeah, you could say something along the lines of like the, these these Gridcoin were generated by trying to attempting to solve cancer, and you're a, cha- a cancer charity, so it's kind of like uh, you know uh, it's related. You know, try and uh, scratch each scratch each other's back, I guess. Yeah, and it gives you something you can put on your webpage, like jo- go join this project. You'll be contributing to us. Yeah. So maybe see if we can get uh, the project admins in on it as well. Like, see if they could put, like, uh, you know, logos up or whatever. Oh, yeah. Does anyone have any other ideas related to charities? I believe uh, Karika had an idea to do with uh, a charity, raising money, but I'm not quite sure. I think it was in the uh, the first hangout he was talking about that. 
if not, uh, let's move on to the next suggestion. Uh, well, the next suggestion voted up is the incorrect dates, you know. So I incorrectly put it to the, the 3rd of October instead of today. So, yeah, we might have an extra attendance in the 3rd of October. So let's hope for that. <laughs> uh, moving on to the next proper discussion is the uh, splash screen contest. I believe we, what do you think we should just uh, end the entry time and uh, put it up to a vote at this point? Because we've got quite a few entries now. Okay, let's do it. How, how long is it already ongoing? I think it's been ongoing for about two weeks now. Uh, we could give it another week, I think. Rayvon yeah. uh, was just asking uh, like this morning earlier uh, when it was over. I was like, oh, I think tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and I also wanted to uh, I don't know, uh, why we needed it to be the exact same size as the previous one. Why the splash screen itself had to be the exact same dimensions, you mean? Yeah. Uh, I think it's just for simplicity, I guess. Uh, we could really make it bigger or smaller if you wanted, but I mean yeah, that's, that's adding a bit of overhead. But if it's really I good, we could sure, justify it. In my opinion, it's too big now, and I mean it's, it's it's not a big deal to reduce the size or increase it in in the code at least. That's true. Yeah, so I guess we'll let's extend it for another week. So we'll end it next Saturday. Uh, was it the 10th it'll be of September and we'll uh, hold like a week long uh, voting period since it's not like you know an important uh, community matter that gives me time to do a few more (laughs) excellent I didn't even enter enter goddammit no doubt I've been busy man yeah I know I know thanks buff the extra stuff. I I got uh, the editing down to a science now, I think. Sweet. Just pop it in the editor twice. I was listening to the last episode uh, the other day when I when I uploaded it, uh, just to make sure it was like, you know, that, just see I hadn't missed anything that I was doing during the week. And uh, someone made a joke, and I was like, I, I was like, ha ha ha, and then immediately started talking. It was like, <laughs> that sounded really fake. I was forcing that laugh. You know, it was really no. funny. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, yeah, it's not criticism or anything. I was just like, no, you know, it was like, I, oh, that sounded weird. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I think I remember the part that you were talking about, and that part it actually just cut off weird like that. And then the next uh, thing you said was actually like well after that, but it didn't really sound any better further yeah. away. Was, yeah, that's all right. Let's go. Cool. Yeah, I heard, that, I heard that bit as well, and it gave me a bit of a giggle. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm really on point, you know. <laughs> this guy's got an agenda, you know. Yeah, moving on to the next thing. Sharp. Yeah, no, totally. yeah, no. All right, so uh, moving on to the next topic. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Open Ledger open update. update. So I contacted Ronnie a couple of days ago. He's the CEO of uh, CCDK. And uh, he says within the first two weeks of September. So, yeah, it's going to be quite soon that we'll be integrated. And hopefully at the same time or 
sooner or later uh, we'll get the Coinomi uh, integrated as well, which will mean we'll have uh, free open ledger. We'll immediately have like what like free uh, different mobile wallets and a cup like free web wallets. We'll be able to use Gridcoin for, and then we'll also have the uh, Coinomi wallet. So we'll be expanding the amount of people that can actually uh, hold Gridcoin without either keeping it in an exchange or having to set up the client, you know? Huge. It's pretty big, like, especially the fact that if, if Coinoi does eventually deliver, hopefully that will increase our likelihood of getting added to Shapeshift, to which then, you know, that could really drive up liquidity. All these all these extra, you know, uh, integrations we're talking about, uh, Open Ledger and Coinomi and uh, Shapeshift will drastically, hopefully, increase uh what was it? Liquidity. Uh, Startail's asking, was Coinomi also for the Windows phone? Currently, it's only for Android. If you go on their website, it shows like a, a grayed out uh, Apple iPhone uh, wallet. But I know the iPhone have been really stingy with what they've been uh, allowing through. Like, uh, I believe there's a wallet called Jax or something like that. Was uh, Apple demanded that they remove Dash Pay from their service, so they're going in. They're even going into uh, specific apps and you know dictating you can have this or that coin run. So perhaps they're getting uh, held back because of that. Uh, but I remember reading on their website that they have plans to extend it to Windows Mobile and to a Windows standalone client. So that could be what's been holding uh, the integration of Gridcoin up. You know, perhaps they've been making like an extra few apps and we'll suddenly have instead of just the android app we'll have like four different uh wallets through them but that's all speculation uh, they've uh, don't want to slate them or anything but yeah they have been quite poor with regards to updates and stuff uh on twitter they said uh, after we tweeted at them they said that uh we'll get an extra like four months of free uh yeah, yeah free uh hosting time for the back-end Electrum server support, which I guess is better than nothing, but... Giving away stuff you don't have, though, still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the uh, Trader Man asked, uh, what about an estimate for release? And they didn't give an estimate for release, it's just, you know, no response. So, yeah. If if they don't deliver in, like, a month's time, let's just publicly start slating them, asking for, like, uh, a refund and shit, you know? Be bad yeah. for their PR. Go for it. Yeah, totally. Hey, Eric. Uh, hey, Karika. Welcome. You might like to ask Karika about that um, uh, charity he was talking about. Oh, yeah. Karika, we were talking about... Uh, getting Gridcoin, you know, accepted by charities such as like the Water Project and uh, looking up other Bitcoin accepting charities, see if they accept Gridcoin. I remember you talking about something uh, charity-wise with Gridcoin uh, back in like the first hangout. Is there, do you have any kind of plans for that or was that just kind of like a an idea at the time? I think you caught him on the hop. Yeah, totally. All right, come back to him when he gets his uh, audio stuff sorted out. I think he's got it figured out now to a science. Yeah. Hey, Karika. Did you hear what we were saying just there? Or do you want me to repeat it? 
Can you hear me now? Yes, yeah, we can hear you. Very good. No, I was late. I turned off the wrong sound in my mumble, so I didn't hear what you said. Apologies. I was trying sorry. to figure uh, out why nobody could hear me. <laughs> uh, we were talking about uh, charities earlier, except, uh, you know, approaching them, seeing if they'd accept uh, Gridcoin. Uh, I believe the Water Project was the first proposed one, and they accept Bitcoin uh, just manually, so we could get Gridcoin added quite easily hopefully. Uh, and we were talking about, you know, let's look for other uh, charities that accept uh, Bitcoin, see if they accept uh, Gridcoin, especially ones that are related to whitelisted projects and whatnot. It'd be quite interesting. But hopefully drive up, you know, uh, participation in Gridcoin and uh, have a use for spending it as well. But I was saying that uh, I remember you talking about a charity of some sort uh, back in the first uh, Gridcoin hangout. Uh, do you have any kind of plans for that, or was it just an idea at the time? Um, it was an idea that I discussed with Katie, and this goes back to our conversations about open sourcing the pool. And my intention was to actually create a, a charity pool. Ah, we, we, we were talking about that as well. And, uh, but Katie didn't want to share the, um, the code at that point, which was fair enough. And I actually was very busy and wasn't ready to pursue it, but uh, it, it's still an idea because well, it just requires uh, the the open source pool, I guess. But I mean, has anyone actually uh, heard from Katie in a while? She's uh, kind of dropped away from the the Gridcoin community. Uh, I was talking to Neurominer about this the other day. You know, like uh, hopefully, like the oh, she's in Hawaii on holiday, as I can saying. Ah, oh, that's a joke. Okay, then, man. <laughs> no, like, uh, you know, uh, like, hopefully, like, the pool doesn't go down or something like that. It'd be good if we could, like, try and get her to come back to the Gridcoin community. I think she got uh, upset by a user in the forums who was just, like, you know, flipping out at her, you know, like, this doesn't work, your instructions suck, fuck you and shit. It was like, whoa, this guy's, like, out of order, and she's, uh, you know... Yeah, you never posted again, so it's just some, like, passing troll that's, like, potentially, you know, been harassing Katie or whatever. If anyone's in the Steam group, you know, like, uh, see if she's okay or whatever, you know. But we were talking about, uh, you know, the open source pool, right? So, how to actually implement the open source pool. Uh, I was thinking, what if we created a Boink project? that just distributed uh, other projects' work units through it. Could, do you think that could be like a simpler way of implementing a pool? Because I know that this, uh, what is it? The, the, I don't think it's called Dagger. It's uh, There's an, an already existing open source account manager, which we believe KT was using. Yeah. Dazzler? Dazzler, Dazzler. that's the one. Yeah, like that's quite, it's like, it's like, it was a development uh it was heavily in development, not, not production ready, and it ceased development back in 2011. So it's kind of like uh, building on top of uh, dodgy foundations, you know what I mean, compared to actually uh, creating it through the pool. I'm sorry, through a point project itself. Does anyone have any ideas of how we could go about making uh, an open source pool? Because that's, that's my uh, you know, opinion what would be a decent idea, uh, route. 
We could put numbers in a hat. <laughs> Who's going to write out all the numbers, though? Not me. I will say that uh, Katie, Katie did go through the code of an awful lot of um, account managers before she picked that one. And I believe that the fact that it was abandoned is the reason she's nervous about holes in her code. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I can, I can understand that it could be quite, you know... Uh, quite intense to like be running a service and you know being asked to open source it and stuff like that do you think it would be potentially uh better to close down the pool and open source it that way because i mean say if we do uh people have been talking about these reddit campaigns recently right if we drive another couple thousand people to the pool you know that could potentially like kill the server or like uh you know users could get annoyed by uh you know a lack of support or slow payouts or uh, we were talking about like if we remove uh, projects from the whitelist will the pool be updated kind of thing you know if she doesn't want to open source it will she I mean is she willing to sell it closed source and we'll just you know maybe the foundation buys it or we'll pull together a couple people and we'll buy it from her or something like that that's a very good point. Keep it, keep it private, and just you know, perhaps uh, shift it to someone else's server who can maintain it and stuff. Yeah, especially with uh, you know, if we're gonna do the SSL whitelist thing, we're moving. I mean, there's already there's still projects on the pool now that have have been off the whitelist for, I mean, Dennis has been months. So if we start shifting, you know, removing projects and adding new ones, if that's not gonna get updated in the pool, I could see people getting pretty pretty mad especially if they're crunching for a uh, project that they think is in the is in the whitelist and it's not it's just going to add more support issues for us in you know in the IRC or on the and in the forum um go ahead no sir go ahead i wasn't going to say anything okay cool uh i was just looking around uh for dazzler the first thing I found was the GitHub. The second thing I found was their WordPress. It was updated. Uh, their last post is July 31st of this year. So even though the project was abandoned, I think they might have taken their uh, skills somewhere else. It seems to be more of like a DNA database analysis project now. So the code might be fine. They just might be doing something that's more valuable to them. Yes, I'm just wondering if instead of taking over the pool, we literally just get Katie some partners. Leaving it closed source, but give her some partners to work with and build some trust and um, also keep it up to date. Yeah, I mean, uh, this, I think outreach is a good uh, plan. Like... Uh, I'm going to jump onto Steam and try and get in contact with Katie and kind of contact, uh, discuss these things. Hopefully try and lure her back to the IRC community. 
hopefully not uh, have what happened with uh, Sepulcher happen again. You know what I mean? Tell her we have candy. Yeah. And good vibes, bro. Cool. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna be also writing up my idea for what an open source pool could be. You know, this uh, custom uh, pool project. Uh, if anyone's interested in reading that in the next few days. Uh, right. Let's move on to the next topic then. Right. So the poll regarding uh, whether or not SSL encryption should be mandatory for the whitelist is going to be ending, I believe, on Monday. Uh, it looks like it's going to pass. So what we proposed last weekend was that if it was to pass, which is looking like it is, that we would immediately hold uh, individual whitelist uh, polls for each of the affected projects. And that will be uh, two-week-long uh, polls to which we'll uh, you know, instruct our uh, our user base that if they don't want it removed, that they should go and uh, vote to say don't remove it and also to go directly talk to the project admins. Uh, Several of the Boink projects have gotten back to us about uh, SSL encryption. Uh, Like, for example, I think Universe at Home is saying that uh, they don't have the funding for it at the moment. They can't use free SSL encryption by law. And if you look up their, uh, you know, uh, encryption laws in Poland, it's a case of like you actually have to go and get a license to import SSL encryption and give the justification for why you need encryption. It's pretty bizarre, but uh, I guess that's a reality, you know. So they won't have SSL until at least November. Uh, some of the projects just straight up have not replied at all Uh, so we have been tweeting at them today Uh, I've tweeted directly at I think about four different projects today so hopefully we can uh, you know name and shame and uh, get them to whitelist uh, sorry get them to implement SSL uh, perhaps even before the the project uh, poll is over Uh, say for example, let's uh, say a project is looking like it's going to be voted out because of this, right? Uh, the lack of SSL. But at the last moment, they f- they switch over. Uh, do you, should that be a deemed a nullified poll? Should I... Uh, basically, instead of making the poll titled, like, should this project be in the whitelist? Should it be more of, like, should this project not be in the whitelist because of a lack of SSL? That way, if they do enable it, it will nullify the poll. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. So it sets a condition for re-entry. Yeah. Um, but re-entry must be again voted on, yes? Yeah, we're talking about like if uh, if we vote them out and in the week from now, after, a week after the end of the poll, they do enable it. Yeah, they'd have to be voted back in instead of rather just, you know... But- but isn't that too much <clears throat> bureaucracy? You could just vote. They are voted out until they have SSL. When they have it, they are back in immediately. Why should we make them wait more? Possibly, but at the same time, then we're relying on uh, an individual to make you know decisions for the network. Like, 
Well, we could have in the vote several options. One, that uh, they must be voted again to to come inside, or and the other option, um, when they are voted out and they bring in SSL, they can immediately jump in. Then the community decides in this poll. Okay. Yeah, we could probably do work something like that out. Yep, I agree. And perhaps, perhaps you make that contingent on a on a minimum score because you know how you're scoring their their SSL readiness. Um, obviously, they yeah, but some people have SSL, but it's not set up correctly, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, some people have SSL enabled, but it's like a C grade, which is not brilliant, but it's better than nothing, you know. True, but that's what I'm saying is just in that second option, say, if they achieve a C grade or better, they automatically come back in, sort of thing. And it could be a B grade. Oh, what if, what about the checks that are whitelisted, have SSL, but don't have a B grade, like say they got a C, should they, should we consider, you know, upping our SSL requirement to that? It's just a suggestion. Maybe the bottom line is the C grade. That's fair. fair what? Why would it be harder to get a certain grade if they're all using the same Let's Encrypt certificates? It, with Let's Encrypt, you pretty much immediately get an A negative uh, grading. Uh, nice. With some... Uh, SSL providers, even paid, you don't get a, an A grade, which you'd actually have to then chase up uh, their customer support and get it fixed. Uh, but that last kind of hurdle to jump from uh, A negative to A plus or whatever is just a matter of like your your Apache or Nginx uh, configuration. Okay. Yeah, it looks like a lot of them that are C are just because they didn't, um, like for something like they didn't configure... Um, Apache to disable SSL3, you know, because of Poodle or something like that. It's not so much a cert issue as it is a webmaster issue. Yeah, we're talking about maybe like free lines in the Apache config, you know. But at the same time, a lot of the, these uh, configs uh, are not ever changed. You know, it's set once when it was initially created and then they don't touch it again. So it could be like, you know, a long wait. I guess, like, if you have if you have a project and uh, you know you're not happy with its current level of SSL, uh, you know, if it's a lower grade but still valid, uh, you know, uh, request that they increase, you know, well, request that they kind of up it, you know. So, what would happen if a project gets hacked? What would the procedure be? Says Trader Man in chat. If a project's hacked uh, and they start distributing malware, that's going to be a massive headache because I don't think the majority of our users, uh, you know, keep their Boink environment separate from their work environment, you know, or from their desktop, you know. So uh, it could potentially be quite devastating. Like uh, we could definitely skip voting and just remove them from the whitelist, but then it's that isn't enough if a project if a popular project gets hacked right uh we're gonna have to like sound alarms get everyone in irc telegram reddit to to know about it it's 
spam it basically uh and then also send out emails on the team uh forum and on the boink forums and stuff that this this project's you know distributing malware or whatever uh if we don't do that then yeah we could remove a project from the whitelist but you know half our half our members that aren't like looking at the, the news every day are uh going to keep crunching it and continue having a uh you know a compromise system potentially So perhaps talking about prevention of such a scenario would be a good idea for the future. Like uh, we're talking about potentially doing a Docker uh, point client, maybe even putting it in Project Atomic for like, you know, uh, an optimal security uh, environment for a point or Mm -hmm. maybe even, uh, you know, cubes or stuff like that. Like if anyone has like an idea for a secure... uh, Boink environment, man, create a Steam post and I'll upvote that. That sounds great, good, you know. It will definitely help users, and hopefully, it will, uh, it will minimize any any impact of a potential hack. Because in the past, uh, what is most frequently the case is that a project will die. The admin will not re- renew the uh, domain name, and then a bunch of websites are still linking to it, and people click to it, and it's either you know. It is whatever it is, you know, in the past, I think there may have been a couple that have had this happen. You know, if you go on like uh, the free DC uh, statistics website and look at all the projects that have ever existed, there have been like a couple, like maybe over a hundred projects, whereas there's only really like 40 that are active right now. Oh yeah, Murkowski is talking about the Feng uh, Shui uh, attack. It's like a I wrote a post about this, and it's basically uh, this new hack that's gone out, uh, that's, well, being talked about by this uh, group on the internet. I'll actually link this uh, post two seconds, guys. It's not actually a new attack. It's just the first time it's been implemented in some kind of way that actually matters. The rowhammer.js hack. Bit flipping. DRAM bit flipping. Basically taking... Uh, the important stuff out of your RAM and flipping it out of the space that you use it in into a crazy non-encrypted space that it can just grab shit from. They're hacking SSL too now? Jesus. Yeah, it, as you said, it's uh, it's Rollhammer, but the problem with Rollhammer in the past was that it was extremely difficult to actually implement with uh, the development of uh, this hack called Flip Fenshu. Actually, did I link it? Yeah, I linked it. Read that. Uh, it's apparently very easy to do. And uh, basically what is the problem with this attack is that you can spin up a free trial virtual machine on your cloud platform of choice, uh, run this attack, and compromise virtual machines running on the same machine in the cloud. So potentially, if you're uh, running important web services, you should consider dedicated machines only. And... Uh, we were, uh, you know, I was tweeting at uh, cloud computing companies and only DigitalOcean responded like, yeah, we're not, you know, susceptible to this, but they might have been bullshitting, you know, you never know. Because this is, it's a hardware problem. It's 85% of DDR3 modules are vulnerable. So wow, good for ma- DDR manufacturers, you know. Yeah. Whoa. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. 
Oh no, I was just impressed by some of the joiners. Starstale was saying that Linode also responded and said that they're secure, but they didn't explain any more. Uh, I got a response from uh, Azure uh, support saying, uh, you should read up on our uh, security policy. And it was like, uh, went to the website. It didn't have anything talking about uh, the recent, uh, you know, Rohammer attack. all it was like, this is how you secure your environment with uh, antivirus and stuff. So I think even as yours vulnerable to it. So yeah, perhaps if you've got your Gridcoin wallet up on the, the cloud, uh, move it to dedicated hardware or uh, increase the uh, encryption key to something crazy. That's too bad. This happened. Oh, it's cool. It's exciting, you know. I know, I know. It's just, you know, everything's becoming virtualized at this point, so it's kind of just like a kick in the dick. Well, but, it, you know. it's like an exploit that someone finds this this exploit and no one's thought of before, and then suddenly, like, eight, like as we're seeing now, eighty five percent of all hardware of all RAM hardware is affected. It's like that's that's huge, you know. Exactly. The same could happen it, to like. Sorry, God. No, yeah, it is at least interesting. Mm. Traderman saying that if enough money's on the line, uh, the projects will get hacked. It's only a matter of time. Might be better to leave security ha- in the hands of the Boink admins themselves, right? Uh, the problem with that is that not all Boink admins are uh, techies. They don't have much cybersecurity knowledge, you know. Uh, in the past, some of the people that we've been talking to uh, about SSL, they've immediately been like, we don't need SSL, you know. It's like, well, no, you, you can't do, you know. Uh, and at the same time, these it's on, you know, some... Our people are hosting it on uh, home servers. You don't know if they're updating it. You know, uh, obviously we can't uh, take over the maintenance of point projects, but we should try and uh, keep like uh, some standards about us. You know, like maybe like uh, we were talking about in- uh, inviting the individual project admins into future. Uh, Gridcoin community hangouts, right? To which we could ask, like, uh, we could have like a checklist of asking them, uh, "Hey, do you have SSL? Do you uh, use uh, CAPTCHA for all of the user-submitted, uh, you know, forms and uh, and whatnot? You know, these kind of questions, you know, and kind of put them on the spot and uh, hold them to account." Yeah, Startail. SSL is just one of the things in the chain. Uh, there's several different angles you could attack a project. Yeah, I mean, there probably are different ways you could attack a point project. Uh, SSL is... Uh, it'd be nice, but it's going to be a mandatory requirement soon. Uh, Fuzzy's asking in the, the hangouts, uh, sorry, in the chat, uh, are we going to bring Project Amnesty to talk about that? Yeah, that's exactly what we're going to hopefully do. Uh, you know, 
we had uh, such flex come in. Uh, they're the second uh, grid coin pool, and uh, uh, you know he gave a pitch about uh, such flex, and uh, then had a small question and answering phase where uh, a bunch of the uh, users from the community asked some uh, pretty tough questions actually and uh, you know, definitely changed at least my opinion of such flex and I was quite hesitant you know I was like oh it looks kind of dodgy or whatever but then after talking to the guy it was like nah you know you can you can totally justify the 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 steep fee and stuff like that I mean they're a company the, the first you know proper grid coin uh company i guess show them support and uh yeah i mean like if we if we bring these bank projects in uh, the bank project elements in to talk on here they'll be able to you know uh, talk about their project try and entice uh, more users to uh, crunch their project and uh, get their own announcements out there i personally would really like to hear the uh the bark guys uh, you know, talk on here. They were talking about uh, distributing Apache Spark uh, work through Boink, which could potentially be, uh, you know, one of the first commercial Boink projects out there undercutting existing uh, Apache Spark clouds, which would be amazing. It'd be huge for Gridcoin and Boink. But uh, I've not had anything back from them yet. I don't know if anyone else has. Uh, fuzzy, yes, uh, Bark is cluster computing. I'll link you to it, to Sex. Yeah, um, to further Startail's point on the SSL is just one thing. Uh, I was going through my Boink projects. Uh, can't remember why. Anyway, uh, and I remembered that I had the option, option to show my computers ticked. And I'm like, oh my god, it's showing the IP of like basically everywhere I've ever been in the world. So I made sure to turn that off and I merged all my results. But yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I don't... Sorry, go ahead. Who was speaking there? I was just going to say the IP is not... Only you can see that. Like if I go to look at your host, I won't be able to see your IP or the host name of your your machines. Oh, thank god. I I was going to say a lot of the the majority of Boink users don't uncheck the, you know, share uh, host details box. So it is a a bit identifying. Uh, You know, if you're going to be concerned about privacy in the future, perhaps you should disable it, Uh, especially with uh, the Project Rain project, potentially that could fingerprint uh, your PC to multiple, uh, you know, uh, cryptocurrency addresses or accounts. That could be bad. Uh, Regarding... uh, you know, regarding security, there's also other things that you could do. Like we were talking about, uh, you know, the fact that the team founders can see your uh, your email if you uh, allow, if you don't uncheck like a single checkbox at the beginning when you create an account. Uh, I removed that uh, feature from my project. So we could try and maybe get other projects to do that right now. In fact, the uh, the next topic suggestion is uh, my update regarding Project Rain. If anyone wants to hear about it, uh, yep. Right. So uh, I got basically 
95% of the way uh, with uh, creating Project Rain is set when, uh, so basically you were able to like create an account, log in and enter your uh, cryptocurrency address accounts, whatever, and you could export the stats and stuff. But the, the last hurdle was uh, logging into your account through the Boink client, right? And uh, why you need to do that is that you need your CPID to merge with your other Boink accounts. When you first create an account on Boink, it just creates a random string. So that, that CPID you have is not PID for other projects. So... Uh, the code I had introduced uh, was, well, I basically added extra fields into the user table, right? Alongside all the, uh, you know, your uh, postcode, your country and stuff like that. Just kind of like in a, a first attempt to just mash extra data in. But this was crashing the scheduler, preventing the Boink client from pulling your... Uh, basically stopping the point client from initializing the project on your computer so it was preventing the CPID from ever merging so uh, I had to basically went on to uh, the docker uh, the point the server docker uh, repo raised an issue of this uh, went back and forth, debugged it and eventually uh, David Anderson the lead point uh, developer said uh, yeah you should move this all into its own table so I have been doing that last week, uh, moving it all out of the uh, the user table into its own project rain table. Except this is all in C plus plus, so it's a bit uh, it's a bit trial and error at the moment. But I think I've uh, figured out exactly what I need to do in order to get it working. Because uh, I was running into some ca- compiling issues, but I've got past that, and now it's just sorting the uh, the website, and then it's going to be back to the ninety five percent. Uh, stage I was at. Uh, I'd mentioned earlier that I'd been trying to increase the security above what other projects may have done. So I uh, I enabled reCAPTCHA, which is like, you know, to prevent bots uh, on login, registry, and uh, uh, recovering email, logging in with a weak authenticator as well. Uh, I tried to increase the minimum uh, password from eight uh, from six to twenty four, but the problem with that is that the Boink client doesn't update the minimum password. So if you put in something less than twenty four characters, it just throws up an error. It doesn't say you you put in a, a password lower than the minimum. It just says, you know, your email has been used before, so I'll probably have to lower the uh, the minimum password length or uh, raise an issue. And you said that's in C. Sorry, what was that again, sir? It was in C? Uh, yeah, so the back-end code, uh, I've had to... Moving the uh, the fields from the user table into its own table is all in C++. Okay. So, yeah, it's a, I, I have never used C++, so it is kind of just uh, looking at what all the other tables have done and just kind of, like, copy and paste and reword it and stuff and... Uh, you know, building it, seeing it fail, and being like, "All right, cool. That's that's what I've done wrong." Yeah, I just asked because I totally just learned how to do that in Python. So nice, nice. And the project needs to run work units, right? For everything, well, to work, like for the. Well, that's what I don't know, right? So I wasn't able to get to that point to test it because I was running into the the scheduler on the server crashing because of the extra fields I'd introduced into the user table. 
uh, which makes me think that the Boink client is actually looking for hard-coded, you know, user table uh, fields, you know, so by adding extra fields in, it was breaking it or something like that, which kind of sucks. Sorry, what was the question again? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, you need to run the work unit. So once I get this working, uh, that is going to be the next test, whether or not you need to run actually run work units before your CPID will merge. I guess that's something I could ask in the the Boink project mailing list. I've I've currently got an issue on there regarding the the Project Rain uh, development. The the Boeing servers back when I looked in they have also test applications so you could just send them a test application I know what it does probably a hello world or something and they would return that so it wouldn't be a problem I think yeah you don't need to make one new there are test applications yeah it's pretty this uh, was it the Docker server container uh, repo is pretty easy. Uh, it pretty much does it for you. So if if I do need to distribute work units, I could run like I could distribute a, a Python script that literally just says "Hello world" just to get credit and merge CPID. The only thing that I've been thinking about recently with, with regards to security is that if you've got someone else's email address, you can register their uh, their account. Uh, on their behalf, right? But you can't uh, merge CPID, so it's just kind of like a name grab, you know? Like, perhaps uh, um, perhaps I could do email confirmation before I get to the profile. What are you going to say, Pepperino? Maybe, maybe like, uh, the way they have for the Boink-wide teams, like we discussed last time, maybe we could ask the Boink folks if we could have, like, a Boink-wide email kind of option so that when you create an account, it kind of creates an account on every project for you, or reserves one at least. Possibly, but that could introduce, you know, uh, that could introduce the reuse of passwords. You know, I think uh, I think introducing the email confirmation might be a, a good idea. But the, again, that's going to be like uh, that's going to be a bit easier if I was to do it because it would be in PHP instead of uh, C plus plus. Cool. Does anyone have any questions regarding Project Rain? I don't know. I can't wait for you to be done so I can spam the logo on Tumblr. Yeah. That's cute. That's pretty cool. All right, I believe uh, the next topic uh, of uh, discussion was uh, recruiting more developers. Uh, some users in IRC were talking on the announcement thread. Basically, I think it was uh, Nate on the net and uh, Quez uh, were talking about... Uh, well, Nate on the net was talking about we should use foundation funds to get uh, oh, marketing guys and, to, and possibly uh, programmers. Uh, And Quez was talking about potentially, yeah, uh, hiring marketing guys and also uh, reaching out to the Slock.it guys. Uh, 
personally, I'd, I'd prefer to recruit, you know, free developers just because we've, uh, we're a pretty low market cap currency at the moment. And, uh, you know, if we were to spend the entire uh, foundation fund, it wouldn't go that far at the current moment in time. Perhaps, like, you know, attempting to recruit from universities might be a good idea. Like, I had this idea, that, like, uh, early on, like, what if we uh, kind of guerrilla marketed in universities, kind of put up, like, posters, like, your, your, your development is wanted, you know? If you've got a university near to you or whatever. Kind of like distributed uh, recruitment. I know somebody here that uh, works at a university. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody in Gridcoin, man. Well, I mean, like, the... imagine you you were su- to suggest, you know, uh, what if you made, you know, uh, your own Boink project for this university so that... Uh, you know, your students had the ability to run distributed computing projects. Potentially, we could see several more projects. Uh, or what, what is it? It's, it's, what's the name for it? Super virtual, uh, super uh, cloud, uh, virtual campus clouds. I don't know what the term is. Okay. Um, my experience with it. Uh... I actually contacted that guy's university before he joined Gridcoin. Funny enough, um, they had no idea they even had a Boink team. Because I, I was about to pass them as one of the top teams in Canada. So I called them to issue like a soft challenge kind of thing. And uh, nobody even knew that they had like Boink computers running or something. So I thought I had something to do with them even starting Boinking again. But then the guy was like, no, no, I just started this up again. I'm like, oh, that's wickedly coincidental. Anyway. That's pretty cool. I mean, like, at least at least four projects out there at the moment are uh, virtual campus supercomputing centers. You know, like, uh, it's it's kind of open-ended. It, like, their, their students can run, you know, uh, their... Uh, like, their honors project on there, you know, for free, whereas beforehand they would never have been able to do it, you know? That could be good recruitment. And yeah, like I was saying in the chat there, um, email people if you're contacting them. Nobody likes to answer phones, and I don't know, my voice doesn't work very well on the phone. Yeah. For... Like uh, trying to convince people to do official things. No, like I can, you know, get money off my phone bill, but. Yeah, emailing them is less, it's less immediate. Like you can't, if you're, you know, approaching them with like a new topic they don't quite know about uh, via phone, they're going to be, you know, apprehensive. They're going to be like, well, I don't know what any of this is. Uh, I might check it out and then you know, you're going to have to phone back. Whereas if you email them, you can provide them the full, uh, you know, uh, hyperlinks to all the resources they need. And uh, they can spend like, I don't know, a couple of weeks thinking of a reply rather than being on the spot, you know? Maybe uh, phone them and tell them that you sent them an email in case it got spam filtered or some shit. Possibly. I'm a bit paranoid. Because that can seem... Like, well, sorry, uh, just like with my experience with scams, 
you know, uh, they're going to either call you or email you. They're not going to email you and then call you and say, hey, I sent you an email. Would you, I'd really like you to check it out. All the pertinent information is there. That's never happened. That's true. You could also send them a, a letter. <laughs> <laughs> Snail mail sometimes works with these things. You'd be surprised. Yeah. People seem to think it's more official if you email, phone, and then you send a letter. Actual piece of paper. With a nice embossed letterhead. Yeah. Nice stickers to send with them and stuff. If they don't reply, glitter. <laughs> glitter bomb. <laughs> All right, Vortex here. Hey, Vortex, have you got your microphone working? Ah, the kids are sleeping. Got you. Right, so uh, do you want to speak in the chat and uh, we'll kind of reply to you? Or do you want me to kind of take off from what you were talking about in the announcement, Fred? I could read your post. Yeah, I could just speak for him. That's cool. I can use a different voice. (laughs) Alright, uh, I'll read out his post for him. Right, so uh, Vortex has been experimenting with Google Keyword Ads for the last couple of months. It's collected quite a lot of uh, metrics so far. It's uh, quite expensive. Long story short, we would need at least uh, 10 to $15 US dollars per day to efficiently cover Boink-related Google searches. Meaning that when someone types uh, Boink or SETI at home or Prime Grid or anything Boink-related in Google, our text ad would be displayed prominently at the top of the uh, the first search page. The estimated cost per click in such scenario is around $0.35. Cents. Uh, at the moment, we are now uh, spending about $2 US on Boink-related searches, and our ads are being displayed only intermittently at the bottom, oh, at the bottom of the second search page. Uh, still, it's good enough for about 9 to 10 clicks per day. Okay. How much would it cost per day? Uh, he's saying that it would cost uh, ten to fifteen dollars per day to get on the uh, the front page at the top. It's like three hundred bucks a month. Yeah, I mean, like it sounds about uh, actually sounds cheaper than the uh, than the Boink stats advertising. That was like what, like six hundred dollars or something crazy, wasn't it? Uh, well, I joined because of the Boink Stats advertising, so I'm down. Uh, Boink Stats advertising is good, but I think we've, uh, I think we've exhausted our Boink Stats proper potential. I mean, like look back at like October, November last year. Yeah, when we advertised there for the first time, we were getting crazy clicks. We we're getting like you know, forty people joining the team a day. I think. Uh, yeah. Vortex saying it was 300 euros per month on Boink Stats. So that's like, what, like 400, 450 US dollars? Like 900 Canadian dollars. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, I could definitely see, uh, you know, if we get uh, Gridcoin on the the front top of the the Google page for SETI, that would be really good for, like, see all the recent... uh, 
new surrounding city, uh, you know, and the potential, oh, they might have found aliens, you know, that's going to be a repeated news story, you know. Perhaps perhaps we could intermittently target the front page of uh, Google for SETI-related searches when there is SETI-related kind of buzz. Because we kind of we kind of dropped the ball on Reddit. Like people are saying, like, "Oh, let's try and get you know a Reddit post on the front page or whatever." Uh, but then we never got m- much traction in the SETI threads, you know, which was like prime uh, advertising uh, or marketing area for us. You know. So we need a street team. You're saying for taxing, there are very few SETI searches. That's that's disappointing. <laughs> Well, well, when I just heard the numbers, I thought, uh, no, better would be to, to, to try out now some of the charities. Yeah? Because I think we have done already a few of those, you know, um, AdWords, blah, blah, campaigns. Yeah, mm. Not sure if they were effective or not, but uh, we could try or use that money because it's a lot. Yeah. For uh, such a charity, you know, like we 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 uh, give you the same amount, two hundred dollars is a lot normally, yeah. So we could try just for fun. I mean, not for fun, but for example, the one which Mercosity Mer- 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 said, yeah, we could use the the the, the six hundred dollars or whatever, yeah, for for them, it's it's good, not. I I think getting added to. Uh, charities, uh, you know, charity pages would definitely be like, you know, a form of free advertising. Like, you know, or people are seeing how they can donate. Oh, what's this grid coin, you know, that's available here I can donate with? That's quite cool. But I don't think actual donations will translate to new recruitment, you know, uh, unless there is like a recently donated page or if we were to, uh, you know, uh, boast about the fact that we were donating to charities like say on Reddit, you know? Uh, Fuzzy's asking if there's a project in Boink that is like CureCoin for protein folding. CureCoin is a central uh, issued uh, coin on POV. I believe it's uh, Counterparty, is it? They're a, a SHA-256 cryptocurrency at the moment. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, they do folding at home. We've got a couple projects that do fold, uh, protein folding. Yeah, at least two or three uh yeah folding at home used to use bank but they they went to their own uh distributed computing platform i uh, i saw on the front page of reddit the other day the uh this this new cryptocurrency that's about to go in ico or maybe they've already done it called library you know like they did a, an ask me anything you know, they were like, we are the library team, uh, ask us anything. And they got to, like, front page of Reddit, like we did with uh, the Futurology post. But they remained up there for, like, you know, the full day rather than just, you know, an hour. With, an, with like, a couple hours on the front page of the Futurology post, we jumped, like, something great. We jumped to, like, million market cap from, like, you know, two in, like, the one day. So I mean I don't I don't I don't like the idea of posting uh, on subreddits that aren't related to uh, you know boink cryptocurrency but the ask me and the the AMA threads that's a really good idea because you can like self promote 
people are asking you the questions rather than you know trying to hijack another call another thread or make a thread on an inappropriate subreddit you know and anger their mods so perhaps we could do an ama what do people think about that i don't think enough people know us yet but i do think it's an awesome idea well maybe i mean but it might get, might get more people knowing us you know wouldn't hurt to try don't want to waste it though Yeah, we need to put our heads together on that and come up with a, a strategized plan and then go for it in some big way. Yeah, no one can, you know, lone wolf, just post it and be like, go, 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 because chances are, like, only 10 people will upvote it and, you know, it will it will, it will fuzz out. Uh, if we are to make, like, an AMA, like a coordinated AMA, perhaps ask the community anything and there's, like, the 30 of us in there, you know, answering questions and recruiting users to boink and, uh, you know, try and get to the front page. That'd be a, a decent idea. Uh, Fuzzy was saying uh, we could create a post on Steemit. Yeah, we, to- we could. Be- I have been posting, uh, I've been posting primarily to Steemit and like, you know, linking uh, threads to there. Uh, you-, you do tend to have to kind of like chase upvotes rather than, you know, users uh, naturally uh Finding your content. Uh, I'm not sure about the uh, how we'd go about paying for uh, upvote time uh, or upvotes. Even I, I've seen on the uh, I've seen on the promoted tab that there's uh, you know these curation groups or whatever. They're like, oh, you know, submit uh, submit your stories and you will you know upvote you and you'll get money or whatever. I'm not entirely. Uh, I'm not entirely uh, sure about the viewership numbers on Steemit. Like, you know, like you might get like 100 upvotes on the actual to- the actual post, whereas you'll go in and go to the, the comments and maybe like a few people have commented, but there's there's no upvotes in the comments, you know, whereas like with with Reddit, you'll, uh, you'll get these long chains uh, of comments. Perhaps a simultaneous uh, Reddit... Uh, you know, Steam it and Twitter, all the all platforms at the same time. That could be a good idea. Yeah, might just be the mobile readiness style of Steam it, like the even just like the screen uh, justification. How Reddit is left justified and Steam it is center justified. <clears throat> Doesn't really leave room for kind of like the long branches that you expect in Reddit. Well, I think a problem as well with, uh, you know, with Steemit is the comment chains can, well, reply chains can only go like four or five replies deep, and then you can't continue replying deeper. Whereas with Reddit, I said this earlier, with Reddit, you can can comment like a hundred comments deep, you know, it is quite frustrating. Uh, Once they get that sorted, uh, I definitely think Steemit will be uh, a lot more accepted. I do like how, you know, you could post on there and then, like, you know, it gets popular and it's like, oh, crap, I just made, like, $100. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. I think uh, when, when eventually when uh, Project Rain project is uh, functioning, uh, we should totally do Steam Upvote threads where we try and get our thread up. Sorry, I'll stop jingling those keys. Sorry, Peperino. Uh, 
if like say we create a, a steam it thread where we're like uh, everyone upvote this and the funds will be reined against you know uh, users crunching projects whatever the flavor the, the week is you know and just continuously have threads like that that will recruit uh, steam users to both boink and gridcoin potentially that could be also good for us you know if, if not many people participate in it you know and the uh, and the if not many people register their Steam accounts, but the Steam posts themselves are very popular, then you could be in for quite a bit of money. Yeah, you know I mean, not guaranteeing it or anything, but yeah, it's got a lot of potential. Let's get to the number of things. What we need to do is we need to plan, and uh, we need to actually get on and do it. That's the important thing. Yeah. Does anyone have anything they want to bring to the topic? Uh, it's kind of like an open discussion at the moment. Anything goes. Boobs. Fen reason. <laughs> I can edit that out. Um, I think we should make it a priority um, about figuring out what we're going to do about the pool. Uh, as it gets more and more into it, it's starting to get a little bit more and more worrying. Because if we lose the pool, that's, I mean, that's a huge chunk of users. That's probably more, there's probably more people in the pool than solo. I haven't looked at the numbers yet, but I imagine it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Yeah, it's one to one at this point, I think. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, so go ahead. losing the pool would be a huge deal. And it's not only that, it's to create a new pool. I mean, we still need time to do that as well. So even if she gave us, you know, helped us out or gave us the code or something, we still need time to set that up i'm sure people have things to do as well so it's not like oh we'll just take a week off work and do it you know it's the more time we waste or the more time we don't have something figured out the, the kind of the, the scarier it gets yeah i agree i i really think the the pool could just I don't. I don't want to be, you know, spread fud or anything like that. But with Katie's absence, I, I really hope that the pool doesn't just disappear one day. You know. But so yeah, let's uh, let's all kind of contribute to the open source pool thread that we created. Uh, even if it's just like a, a an idea, like no idea is a stupid idea. You know. Uh, let's try approaching like the existing. Uh, account manager websites ask them hey uh have you got open source software you know perhaps they may uh indulge us I'm sorry, what were you saying about stupid ideas? There are none. I like that. So for the, uh, once we start voting on the non-SSL projects, is the plan to do 
all the projects at once or one project a week or, or how are we going to do the voting on that? Yeah, the poll is ending on Monday, I believe. Uh, I'm just going to do all of the projects at the one time, I think. Perhaps we could maybe stagger it, you know, the the uh, the ones that have replied, we could maybe give them a week, but that's just favoritism. And also, uh, you know, they may not act on it, you know, like uh, take un- Universe at Home, for example, they're not going to do it for another, like, potentially two to three months, you know, so like an extra week isn't going to do anything. So I think maybe all at once might be better. Um, did you, I came in late, but did you talk about the new um, poll you put up for the balance of magnitude? Oh, I have not, no. Uh, I have put up a poll regarding the magnitude and balance weight. So currently the most used uh, voting weight type in uh, both the uh, the foundation expenses, the uh, whitelist expect you know uh polls and also like just normal polls is that uh we use the magnitude plus balance uh vote weight right which the the current balance is one to one so that's three approximately 378 million vote weight for both magnitude and balance so there's uh i've written up a large post regarding this like i perceive uh you know uh, giving an, an equal uh, vote weight to magnitude to be a, a security threat, especially with, uh, you know, the introduction of pools into the uh, into the grid coin scene. Wait a sec, I'll post the thread. So basically there have been, I've created two, uh, two pools, right? So we've created an investor pool and we've created a cruncher pool. So the investor pool is entirely... Uh, balance based and the cruncher poll is magnitude based. We did this so that we could get a more accurate kind of reading because uh, with the mag plus balance vote weight type, uh, cheers for posting that star tail, with the mag plus balance vote weight type, it just bundles it into the one. So you don't know that, you know, a whale uh, has voted or whether it's some, the pool has voted. You're know, Fair enough, you can totally break it down into who has voted and stuff, but you can't break it down into the specific coin versus magnitude. So hopefully this will give us a more accurate, uh, you know, voting outcome that we can decide on. So the uh, the current options there are out there, uh, I'll just bring up the website. It's uh, 1 to 1, so it's 100 to 100, 70 to 30, 90 to 10, 95 to 5 so uh with 70 to 30 that's uh balance has got 378 mil versus 162 mil 90 10 is 378 versus 42 million and uh 95 to 5 is 378 mil to 21 mil i'll stop talking about numbers but basically the the gist of it is that uh please vote on this we need to drive voter participation way up because we've really only be getting like uh what like 200 uh, million out of like uh 750 million max recently you know or well at all so we really got to drive that up and it's quite an important uh poll so please read the uh related uh 
GitHub issue. You know what is the current consequence uh, of the uh, the the balance versus you know the vote weight type. Sorry, I'm rambling at this point. Does anyone have any questions regarding this? I wouldn't really consider it rambling, but can you give a quick synopsis of that uh, the issue? Yeah, two seconds. I'll just bring up a page to more articulate. Okay, right. So, uh, with the vote weight type uh, mag plus balance, where they're equal, uh, some noteworthy uh, voting weights. Bear in mind, this was a, a couple, like maybe a month ago, I, uh, I wrote this. Right. So, the top ten users have a combined total mag, uh, a total uh, combined magnitude of uh, thirty-three thousand out of uh, one hundred fifteen thousand magnitude, which gives them. 110 million uh, vote weight, right? And uh, the majority of the uh, the foundation expenses have been like 50 million uh, vote weight, which uh, you know that means like 10 users could cl- uh, you know work together and push through their own foundation expenses, or you know instead of expenses, they could potentially uh, you know vote out projects and stuff. All right, let's go back to the top uh, vote weight. So the pool had at the time uh, a a weight of 34 million, right? And the top three individuals had 46 million. So, uh, you know, in terms of cost to attack the network, like if you're going to, you know, collect a ton of computing power to build up a massive magnitude. Yeah, it's going to be expensive as hell, but creating a pool, it's only really getting, investing your own man hours and uh, the cost of running the server. So uh, it's significantly cheaper to acquire, in this case, 34 million vote weight. Uh, in the past, Katie has never voted with that vote weight, but if we're talking about creating an open source pool kit, right? With, uh, you know, your proof of work cryptocurrencies, once there was open source pool kits out there, suddenly like another hundred pools popped up. Who's to say an, uh, a pool won't, uh, you know, vote with their own interests? They could potentially uh, vote projects out that will maximize their magnitude and stuff. Two sex. Such flex wasn't last week. That was like a month ago. Yeah, it was a month ago that I wrote this post. Uh, so I'll continue like some of the issues that the current status uh, quo is raised is uh, right. So an example is uh, a bad case scenario is uh, with the current nation uh, for gen point credit system being open to manipulation an attacker could potentially uh, fraudulently achieve a high magnitude in order to receive a massive voting weight, right? Potentially to disrupt or disfraud the voting mechanism. We can cheat, we, we can kick cheaters, uh, but detecting fraudulent activity is uh, proving, dif- well, would prove difficult and time-consuming. You know, cheaters can rejoin, they can split CPIDs. Uh, it's, we do... 
the only real instance where this has been the case has been WU prop, and it might not even been he was a cheater. He might have just have accidentally stumbled upon, uh, you know, an individual project giving him an insane magnitude. He ended up with like you know, the majority of the WU prop uh, magnitude, and it ended up netting him like uh, I don't know, like twelve million volt weight within like a, a fortnight. You know, so it's. That's uh, 12 million out of 50 million. Again, you could, you know, uh, manipulate uh, the outcome of uh, foundation expenses. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Ignoring everything else, what would be the simplest way to prevent that? What, Give more weight uh, to balance. Yeah, rebalancing the the vote weight type that we're using. This magnitude plus balance. So, reducing the magnitude weight is the solution, in my opinion. But it's just striking up the proper balance. What the community thinks is an acceptable amount. Because I mean, we don't want to completely nerf it to like you know one percent versus ninety nine percent. Because that will dishearten uh, point crunchers. They'll feel like they're being marginalized. You know, and it does. It does cost a lot to run point compu- uh, computers, you know. Uh, we can't ban CPIDs or addresses from voting. And it's, I don't think we should go down that route because that's a slippery slope, you know. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Is it, sorry, yeah. Go uh, sorry, go ahead. Is it possible to, uh, to uh, sort of... Uh, I mean, this is almost coming down to like an ideological issue. Uh, so is it possible to sort of counterweight, um, say low mag, low balance, but still active people uh, have uh, a- an inflated weight compared to just say high balance, low mag? Uh, an individual on, uh, I think it may have been Ravon uh, on IRC was talking about this, you know, what if, you know, we... Uh, we provided extra voting weights to uh, individuals who have staked recently. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of potentially, uh, you know, punishing uh, users who have not been staking. I don't like that idea. I I don't like the idea of. I'm not. I'm not sure about the idea of you know giving vote weight out of nothing. Like if you've not got a, a large balance nor a large magnitude, you. I don't want to kind of exclude you, but you shouldn't really have a, a high, uh, you know, vote weight out of nothing. Because if that was the case, then you know someone could potentially, you know, manipulate that kind of a system. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that uh, from the same argument. I, I could see, uh, you know, in in conventional markets. Um, if you just have an investment that's kind of a leave it and forget it, you're not going to earn that much. Uh, but it's something that's more active would return something higher. So um, I don't think excluding people that are just sitting and holding and, you know, have their box turned off for years uh, would be the, the course to take. But um, somebody that comes up with, you know, just just total hypothetical someone that's sitting on a million grid coin they shouldn't that that has never crunched in a decade whatever um they 
should they have the same voting power if they just come out of the woodworks and start voting as someone that's been crunching every day but only has you know one rig on the network? Yeah, I can see your point. I mean, uh, we do have recently there has been a lower. Uh, network stake weight participation uh we raised a github issue uh, potentially to uh to upgrade from uh proof of stake version one to proof of stake version two following in the footsteps of uh black coin and then the basic idea of that is that uh, uh currently you can turn off your uh your client for like 10 days fire it back up and stake and you'll earn the coins for the 10 days you weren't staking for it right which is it's it's not good because you're you're not securing the network right uh in that time uh the change would be to assign a fixed uh you know stake a fixed reward for when you stake a block so that if you've got a larger balance you need to be actively continuously staking uh in order to achieve your uh you know estimated interest over the year so if you're not uh if you've not got your coins online, you're not, you know, uh, gaining interest effectively. That way, we could drive up uh, participation in the network. Uh, regarding, uh, you know, users who don't have a lot of coins nor a lot of magnitude, uh, you know, participating in these conversations is going to give you. Uh, it's going to result in your uh, your potentially your opinion uh, affecting the outcome of a poll like if you come out if you come into the next uh, hangout with like you know uh an opinion that trumps mine or whatever then you could totally sway the outcome of a poll where you didn't have coins you didn't have a magnitude you just had your words you know but i i mean i don't think we can uh i don't like the idea of you know uh nerfing uh, vote weight because coins are old, but I do like the idea of uh, you know switching up the proof of stake uh, mechanism to uh, kind of incentivize uh, users who have not been uh, staking to begin staking. I don't think that there's any need to nerf old coins. In his scenario, he I don't know. I'm just gonna go with the numbers he used. You said. They had a million coins cold for like a decade. Well, where the hell did they get a million grid coins? They obviously did some crunching or something useful, right? Yeah, all coins uh, represent completed point uh, computation in the past. I mean, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't. Sorry, well, that's, go ahead. The coins, the coins could have been before grid coin went. Um, put, uh, proof of research, though, correct? This is true. Yeah, the value could be completely different. The actual yeah, value. That's, my, that's kind of my thing with not nerfing. I mean, at the end of the day, if someone tries to cheat, like with a super block and vote, um, when they have a high mag, a vote is not automated. It's interpreted by a person in the back. So they can't really cheat that as it is right now. At the same time, your mag, if you stop crunching, your mag is gone. Your vote doesn't matter. If I have 100,000 grid coin, I have 100,000 grid coin forever. So my vote is always going to have the same strength. Meanwhile, if I stop crunching, my vote goes down. So I don't think nerfing mag too much is ideal because 
you know that the people that have the high mag are the ones that are active in Gridcoin and are crunching then, not just turning on their wallet, voting, going away. I think the 70-30 is a good balance. Yeah, yeah what, what is the effect of? What, what is nerfing? It's basically reducing the uh, the str- like uh, reducing the strength of uh, you know currently it's a one to one equal balance of uh, balance to magnitude. If we were to reduce uh, a magnitude vote weight significantly, that would be nerfing it. Like uh, it's difficult to explain. It's kind of making it weaker, you know. Uh, shooting it with little foam balls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we did do the math. We did show examples in the um, thread on what the different numbers would mean as well. So if you're kind of confused, you can always check the thread and kind of see examples on what it is now and how would it change with your mag and your balance. Yeah, I think 70 is pretty fair. It, it works out to be 378 uh, million uh, volt weight for balance to 162 uh, million volt weight for uh, magnitude. So that's almost two to one. You know, it's just a bit over. That would reduce the impact of, you know, if a, if a pool went rogue or uh, if a super block went bad, you know, the uh, coin holders could rule them potentially. Yeah, that's the... the... The question mark I have in my mind. It's I I don't the numbers right now they don't mean anything to me. It's it's purely I mean it's it's kind of comes down to a philosophical argument as far as uh 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 like you know the what the value of magnitude is. Well, it's it's like the if. And I don't want to put it into like political terms. Um, no, go ahead, man. No, it's like uh, uh, if we were to to call it like a, 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 a proletariat versus a bourgeois issue. Um, it's you've got you've got a large proportion of people that are actively working on the the network versus the weight of people that might not have worked on it in a great deal of time. I mean, it almost comes down to like the, uh, the EU, uh, the British UK, uh, the, the Brexit issue. Um, you've got people that, that have a past interest, but not much of a future interest whose vote outweighed the people that have a very much future interest. Um, they, I mean, that's, that's the question. It's like the, the math doesn't, doesn't quite make sense to me because it's still coming down to an issue of um, how is the system going to be structured? Yeah, I get what you mean. I mean, like, like if we were to, if we go to the absolute, like, uh, minimum, you could say that, like, uh, what if we made the vote weight of, uh, you know, magnitude equals to what, uh, how much is rewarded for, uh, you know, for DP, DPOR, which is significantly less than the current vote weight that we have been, uh, that has been assigned to it, uh, it would be like the equivalent of like 98% to balance versus 2% to, uh, no, it's like uh, 96 to 
4%, right? Whereas, uh, you know, we're, we're proposing to reduce it. Uh, 70-30 reduces it by like, what, 210 million for uh, magnitude? Hmm. See, that's what I'm saying. These The numbers, they don't they don't mean anything to me. I mean, 80-20, 70-30, that That means nothing to me as far as a, a potential voter. Uh, that I'm just looking to see this described in terms that would would appeal to that kind of perspective. Well, I mean, like if you if you were to go through the uh, the related GitHub issue, you could read uh, the the potential consequences of the current situation where uh, magnitude is equal to balance. You know, these are. Uh, theoretical scenarios where you know an individual could attempt to manipulate the voting system or you know or the expense system uh, i think by reducing the vote weight of magnitude slightly we may be increasing the value of uh, holding gridcoin itself you know try and uh, reduce the incentive to just immediately sell it in the market you know but that's just that's speculation i guess from my 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 uh, my where I come from is from a security uh, point of view. Without uh, uh, re- you know disheartening the crunchers at the same time. Okay. Uh, well, can you can you relink that in the uh, the chat here for the mumble? And um, is that is that in like the description for the the vote? that comes up in the uh, the gridcoin client or how do people see that uh, with with the gridcoin client when you open the poll it's not as descriptive as the uh, as the current steam it post i've got to sexolinka okay yeah but it does link to that yeah the steam it post links to the github issue and to a previous steam it post where i went on a rant basically uh Elaborating on the uh, GitHub issue with a little bit more up-to-date statistics. <laughs> okay, perfect. Does anyone have, uh, you know, anything to ask or uh, say about uh, the Mag Plus Balance vote? No, I think it's pretty good. I think we shouldn't focus on anything like, oh, we need to adjust it because. There could be a problem with the super block. That seems like it's we're relying on voting weight because of a bug somewhere else. So, you know, if you want to say, well, we should lower mag as an example, we lower mag to zero because there could be a super block that drops and is wrong and someone's going to get too much mag and we don't want them to vote. Well, the bug gets fixed and then, you know, you've set yourself up with this voting weight because of a bug that is completely unrelated. So and at the end of the day, the voting is translated in the back end by a person nothing that you vote on is automated so even if someone does cheat a super block and get extremely high mag and vote for um you know their project or a foundation thing it doesn't really matter because i mean it it doesn't have to be done we can always stop a vote and re-vote on it or something like that this is true yeah uh those voting don't you know as as uh, Neurominer says, don't you know uh, vote based on uh, a potential bug? You know, in the past, uh, I'm going to vote based on you know the the 
potential uh, centralization uh, of voting power for pools in the future. Uh, but I'm not going to vote too low. I'm probably going to go for 70-30 personally. I think that's what I would go to. And I mean, at the end of the day, if I ran a pool, I would have a large, well, not a large, but a substantial amount of balance anyway to be able to stake. So, uh, I mean, you give it too much to balance. Well, I still probably have a pool would probably still have more balance than a majority of solo users anyway. So it's, you know, it's really what makes it more fair overall. Yeah. Anyone want to discuss anything else? And so is the plan to have everyone, do you want everyone to vote twice? One for their mag and one with their balance? Or... Yeah, if you're uh, solo crunching, right? So you have some coins you're staking with and you've also got a magnitude, right? Uh, you're earning grid coin for vote on both polls. So the reason we did two different polls is because uh, we wouldn't be able to accurately uh break down the poll if we went for mag plus balance plus we're voting on mag plus balance so it makes more sense to kind of vote on a, the the third vote type through different vote types so investors vote in the investor poll you won't be able to vote on the uh the cruncher poll because you don't have any magnitude those who are solo crunching vote on both and it's just the exact same options same question That, my, that actually might end up being a problem because you think of the solo people will get twice as much votes for their side while the pool users only get the balance vote on their side. Yeah, that's a problem with, uh, you know, uh, when you go when you use a pool, you pretty much give, give up your uh, your rights to uh, to vote with your magnitude. It's up to uh, the pool operator to vote on your behalf if you know, you have given consent or whatever. Uh, but in the case of the current pool, uh, I don't think uh, the pool is going to use uh, the, their vote weight just with the current situation. Which would be a good feature for any new pools? Indeed, yeah. Could we maybe make a site for like the pool members to vote and then the majority uh could be what the pool votes for yeah ideally that's what you would do and i know i don't know if it's ethereum or bitcoin or something or one of the other pools um that's how they do it as well the crunchers will individually vote and majority rules whoever you know whatever the vote is amongst the crunchers that's what the pool will vote for. Cool. Yeah, you'd... yeah, we should do something exactly like that. You'd probably do it within the pool website, you know. Oh yeah, my god, where's Katie? <laughs> yeah. Um, the pool already logs the mag of the individual user, so it'd be it probably wouldn't be that hard to implement. Now I'm saying this as someone who wouldn't want to do it himself, but um, it probably wouldn't be that hard to implement. It'd just be a web page that you would, you know, vote and then it'd calculate it your weight based on the mag in the pool. Cool. Does anyone else have uh, any other topics they want to discuss?
the uh, the wallet revisions that's that's still been an ongoing topic of discussion in IRC. Um, uh, where are we at on that? As far as like the uh, the mobile wallet, and I think uh, Karaka was still uh, addressing some of the Linux issues. I've just linked to a uh, a brainstorming thread for uh, what users could, you know, what users view a future Gridcoin client could look like. You know, so if you if you think, uh, oh, it would look better this way or whatever, and you've got uh, the ability to, you know, throw a mock-up up on, like, Photoshop, you know, uh, it wouldn't hurt to, you know, to do so. Uh I believe the new developer is currently on holiday for like another week or so to which he will then have, uh, he's going to be porting some of the, like, uh, the Linux, sorry, the Windows functionality over to Linux and improving, uh, you know, some of the functionality like syncing and load times. And then after that, it will probably be, you know, new features or whatnot. Uh, with regards to web uh, to mobile wallets, yeah, we were talking about the Coinomi wallet earlier. Uh, no real release date, which kind of sucks, uh, or estimate even. Uh, they said they're going to give us extra like four months free hosting, uh, which I guess is cool. Uh, uh, with regards to Open Ledger, they said, uh, yeah, the first two weeks of September we're going to be integrated, to which uh, we would then potentially be uh you know uh be able to use gridcoin on all of the bitshares uh network tools you know like uh i believe there's free web wallets there's a standalone client for your pc uh and there's at least two or three uh mobile wallets so yeah hopefully liquidity should go up uh or will improve with these new tools coming out where, to which you can you know, uh, hold Gridcoin without actually firing up a full Gridcoin client. Okay, cool. Just checking out that mockups.com website that Neuralminer posted in the thread. It's pretty cool. Vortex asking uh, about advertising. What's our opinion? Should we keep it where it is? Should we increase it to $10, 20 or should we eliminate it? We're talking about Google advertising, I believe, at the moment. That's on uh, Boeing Stats, for example. I believe it's uh, Google, uh, like the second page. Yeah, Google AdWords, Vortex says. So that get us to the top of the first page? I think he said 10 to 15 gets us in the front page. That's pretty awesome. Let, let's, let, let's, make an informal, let's make an informal vote. Who came over Google? Who came over buying stats? I came from the Futurology post myself. I came from Boeing stats. I think I just Googled CPU mining. <laughs> I think the free methods of advertising are pretty good. You know, like potentially we could do the uh, get accepted onto the the charity websites. We could get uh, we could plan and ask me anything uh, for the Gridcoin community. You know, try and recruit a ton of people. Try and get in the front page of Reddit and uh, you know try and uh, 
align it with uh, a steam post a steam it post at the same time uh and also these uh, these grid coin hangouts you know uh, fair enough at the moment they've not got a lot of uh not a lot of people listening to them, but these are permanent. You know, people would be used, listening to them in like five years' time. Uh, I personally think that um, expending more money um, is probably not the way to go. I think I agree with you there. We need to look at other avenues that don't cost us money, maybe cost a little bit more time on our part and a little bit more planning, but not more Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Do we know how many users we're getting from the ads? Is there stats on that? Vortec, is there stats on the uh, advertising campaign? That's very expensive. Yeah, uh, Startail saying Beyond Bitcoin and uh, Steemit have been very good avenues for getting the word out for Gridcoin. Uh, yeah, I believe so too. You know, uh, when I when we talk about uh, Gridcoin and Beyond Bitcoin hangouts on Fridays, we're doing so in front of like you know uh, CEOs for like five six different companies. Never mind uh, you know thousands of people listening to them afterwards. You know, even if it's only for like ten minutes, saying like here's like a wee update and stuff. Uh, about Gridcoin, you know, try and get the word out there, you know, it could help. Uh, so I guess I could do that like every Friday or if anyone wants to tag in or jump in at the same time, you know, uh, that's something we could continue to do. Yeah, I think something quick, like maybe five, ten minutes max, because no one wants to listen to three hours of us talking. Yeah. I think something quick would be good. Yeah, that's that. If I say that's, that is the only thing, like, uh, I think it was a couple, uh, two Fridays ago, it was like listening to uh, the, uh, well, waiting for my turn. It's kind of like, I think it was like two and a half hours in. It was like, all right, finally, here's my chance, you know. It's like only spoke for like five minutes, like, whew, got out of the way. But it's definitely worth uh, doing Beyond Bitcoin ones. So that's something I'll continue doing. Uh, There's also other uh, podcasts out there, uh, you know, cryptocurrency wise. We could probably branch out to those, maybe. Uh, directed at Fuzzy. Uh, in the last hangout, we discussed the fact that uh, we've increased our potential viewership uh, of these uh, hangouts. Basically, what we did was we went onto the SoundCloud uh, website, grabbed the RSS feed uh, address, and submitted it to like 20 different podcast directories. And now our Gridcoin hangouts are pretty much on every podcasting app. So it's pretty it, completely free you know it, originally we thought oh we're gonna have to pay for hosting everywhere else you know uh but no like it it was uh it took me a couple hours of uh you know going through uh yeah i'll write up a guide on how to how i did it uh it only took me it took me a couple hours to go through a bunch of dead websites to but finding some uh uh some of the good places but now we're on like google music we're on uh you know, uh, iTunes and I mean, on my personal podcasting app, I'm on there, you know? Yeah. I think it's, it, it could be a good guide for all, uh, 
future uh, what was it beyond bitcoin communities you know i know that uh what's it peer plays and uh emercoin and uh peercoin are kind of slowly uh you know uh, they've begun doing the same format of hangout mm. get them to pay for it <laughs> Cool. All right. Uh, if no one has anything else to uh, discuss, I believe that will be the end of the uh, the fifth Gridcoin community hangout. Thanks everyone for attending. Uh, I really appreciate it. Adjourned. <laughs>